When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hey, man. How are you? How are you doing? Not bad. I am, um, you know how we get that Sunday feeling yeah. of like, God, I have work the next day. I've got that right now, although we Aww. are recording like midweek. Um, yeah, I just came back from Wales and I love Hello Wales. weekend. Oh yeah, I did that bank holiday weekend thing and, um, and I haven't had time off work since January. So I felt mm, like oh, much needed, yeah, much needed, definitely. And um, yeah, Wales is amazing and England sucks. And now I've got work tomorrow. That's the vibe I'm on right now. <laughs> three day week, man. Three day week. Is no, no, no. I had longer. Yeah. No, I'm saying a three day week is not bad. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was three days last Ahead. week, three days this week. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah. What about you? I'm pretty thrilled it's a four-day week for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just just chilling, man. Just trying to trying to make some good time summer memories before it, it fully goes. But oh, yeah. Happened. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, the last bank holiday of the year is technically like the end of summer, yeah. isn't it? And then I came across this 1950s, how to get a husband article on instagram yesterday oh, stop okay go on please educate um, me. do you want me to read some please. of the entries out to you oh my god and then part of me was mm-hmm. like how funny would it be to sort of like go through some of these and like try and do them more out of like a poignance of like these are ridiculous and mm-hmm. um, some of them might work <laughs> well there you go so number one is get a dog and walk it. Do you know what? That is, that's a good suggestion. I borrow dogs a lot and that hasn't worked for me yet. Uh, so this is in the category of where to find him. Okay. Have your car break down at strategic places. That is absolutely ridiculous. Attend night school. Take courses like men. Join okay. a hiking club. Um, um, look at census reports for places with the most single men. Nevada <gasps> has 125 males for every 100 females. That is that is deep level stalking. Yeah. Wow. Take up golf and go to different golf courses. Mm-hmm. Sit on a park bench and feed the pigeons. Get a job in a medical or dental law school. Become a nurse or an airline stewardess. They have very high marriage rates. And just because I've become an air hostess, mm-hmm. it's definitely find us. No, that gives me the vibe of like you won't be his wife, but you will be his like mistress. That's giving me those 1950s vibes, like you know, whilst the husband's on business trips. Yeah. Oh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some of my favorites. Yeah. Be nice to everybody. They may have an eligible brother or son. Um, don't be afraid to associate with more attractive girls. They may have some left. um that's pretty much my favorite one by far um get lost at football matches 
And tell your friends you're interested in getting getting married. Don't keep it a secret. And don't room with a girl who is a sad sack and let her bring you down. You know what? I do think that some of these suggestions are pretty decent. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, one yeah. sec. Um, Tim. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Some of these suggestions could work. I think the I crux feel like of this it, could be a really funny exercise of like, okay, let me try golf then. So, oh, what, yeah. one of them is... It's about putting yourself out there, isn't it? And putting, okay, some of them are a bit like sexist. It's like, you know, work at a law firm or a dentistry or some dentist surgery because that's where men work. Mm. But it, you know, we have to admit back in those days, it was men who would be in the stuff. So I'm not mad at a lot of these suggestions. It's really hard. You do have to put yourself out there and like walk the dog and strike up conversations with absolute strangers. Oh, yeah. And then if you've spotted someone, how to let him know you're there. Mm-hmm. This is carry- the toughest bit. Oh, carry a hat box. Don't know why. Uh, um, okay. Wear a Band-Aid. People always ask what happened. Mm, okay. Stumble when you walk into a room that he's in. Oh, to like... My, pers- my personal favourite is stand in the corner and cry softly chances are that he'll come over and find out what's oh wrong. no one's <laughs> doing that no one is doing that is so hollywood that is like someone's been watching too many films so, <laughs> she yeah. weeps to herself in the corner and this like hunky gentleman comes up to you he's like my poor lady what's been who's treated you so badly yeah. to make you cry in such a way <laughs> and there's further categories of how to make him look good how to land him um and wild ideas anything goes so um i might put that on our instagram yeah please do please i would read yes. all of that because yeah. you know what we can sniffle we want at past decades oh, you've got to put yourself out there yeah and stuff, you know? i mean we are no better we are doing are any of apps, this stuff you know we're on apps exactly um or we're doing ourselves like cows some of you people out there are clicking on those ads single you know yeah. here's a single lady in your area you know people are still doing that in 2021 so i i find that very interesting Scarlett. <laughs> um the last one i'm going to read you is just um <laughs> start a whispering campaign on how sought after you are <laughs> Oh my god, that one and the census are very intense. <laughs> that is the word I was looking for. Very intense. Jesus I've heard Christ. That girl Scarlet is a real catch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that girl Scarlet oh, really knows how to how to cook a turkey. <laughs> I know, like skills that I really sought after. Oh man, she's real wife material. <laughs> I love it. I'll I'll start a whispering campaign for you. Thank you. Mm, Thank you yeah. so much. But yeah, what is what is your fashion story this week? So fashion story. Let's start with probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And then I have some offshooting ones slash, you know, smaller topics and whatever. So our friends over at Pretty Little Thing. Molly May. <laughs> Molly May, former Love Island contestant in honour. like to be associated with no, that. No, she doesn't. In honour of our... Um, are now um, defunct Love Island section because it's yeah. no longer on. Um, but Molly May, who was a former contestant, I think in 2019, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, um, she has now become the UK and European creative director for Pretty Little Thing. First thing when I saw this post. Where's your fashion degree? No, 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 no. That wasn't even it for me. Mine was like, um, Pretty Little Thing has a creative director. <laughs> I was like, um, what? What? There's a there's a creative direction, is what you're telling me. 
and there is someone who has that role and secondly you're giving this role out to like I think they created this role for Molly yeah same but I don't want to shit on her like her achievement great career move for her good for her she's making big money if that's her thing so my initial thought was Uh pretty little thing no it's it's her though it's her yeah but so if I were to go on the Love Island train mm-hmm. and become as successful, like in influencing, mm-hmm. I would choose a more ethical brand for sure. Um, more because, like, that is just where we're moving. And actually, if she got asked in an interview, what do you make of the fact that they pay your like workers? Like, you know, there's you don't want to be associated with a brand with a bad reputation. You don't. But there's a couple of arguments that I would pose for as to why Pretty Little Thing makes sense. We spoke last week about how she only aligns herself with brands that she personally Mm -hmm. buys into. Pretty Little Thing, she's done campaigns for them. She wears their Mm -hmm. stuff, she buys from them. So that makes sense. Molly May is not in the business of making judgment calls or ethical judgment calls on which brand is better than the other. (laughs) Like, which brand is better than yeah. the other. And we could say that most brands out there, no matter how much they're selling their product for, has a level of exploitation sure. built in. So I get that. On the other hand, I think you're 100% right. Like if I were, you know, a reality TV star and I wanted to make a serious career out of fashion and whatnot, those sorts of brands would not be the one that I'd be reaching for. Mm. I'd want to go after other brands. But having said that, again... You wouldn't has- go on those shows. <laughs> so. Listen, I might get desperate. Um, she they wouldn't take I- us now. We're too old. <laughs> that's true. Not yeah, that's true. Mm. But she's carving out a lane that no one else from Love Island have been yeah. able to carve out themselves. She's the most successful. So she, like, yeah, she'll be seen as like I walked so you guys could run. You know, in a couple years down the line, when people are getting deals like from. I don't know, like Selfridges or something like a brand that's mm. or synonymous with more higher level fashion. It will be because Molly May was able to secure this pretty little thing deal yeah. job. That's how I view it. But yeah. And she's 22. Oh, it's insane. So like the thing that went most viral was even before she announced it. Um that um, she had bought herself a Cartier bracelet that was worth like 70, no, sorry, 30 odd grand. 30? <gasps> I think it was like worth like 37 grand. It was wow. time an encrusted Cartier bracelet next to her Rolex. Maybe it was that her whole wrist was worth mm-hmm. something or whatever. Yeah. But I no, I think it was like, oh, for a treat, she's bought herself a 30 grand bracelet. Yeah, I wouldn't be treat, surprised. I give that's... myself an apple, you know, like, you know, I can barely afford a McDonald's. And that was like the rounds mm-hmm. on Instagram. So like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. big deal. Um Yeah. I think also um something she'd come out with recently before the announcement of her new position was and kind of what you alluded to previous is that she's so desperate to try and move away from Love Island. She basically said mm. that Love Island did nothing for her career and that it's all down to hard work. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No need. She was an influencer before, but your numbers have yeah. rocketed since then. She was not as successful. No. And there's no need to shit on Love Island because people love the show. People yeah. genuinely love, support it follow those contestants after the show really like people really like stand for molly may because she's been so like successful outside of it as well and yeah and that makes that makes her stand apart alone you know Mm. because she she has gone back to her job sort of that was her thing beforehand and really worked hard and like made the best of it so she shouldn't really shy away from i don't think she's like you know someone who's you know always trying to sell teeth whitening products trying mm. to sell you like some weird like knockoff holiday or like you know all oh, of yeah. that stuff she's she's forged a more sort of steady path and stable path than others so mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I kind of don't know what this entails. If that means she oversees every item that goes on the website, because as if, yeah, um, or if she's just going to do these curated collections, mm-hmm. and that's going to be what she see uh, or create a director of. Mm-hmm. Um, but the collection she even launched was really small. I'd be really interested to see what this role is, how it's fluffed out. How she is she a glorified no brand ambassador? A five there, like I no. saw a few TikToks of people like. So I'm just curious. <laughs> on top of all your influencer stuff that seemed to fill up your time, how are you going to fit this in? Um, yeah, and we all know it's that she turns up there like every other week or whatever, and ticks. A few she works once designs. a week or something, one yeah. day a week. Yeah, um, I, I really don't understand. Is she a glorified brand ambassador? Yeah. Or, I th- and I think and potentially got like stakes in the company. Who knows? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, do you want to do a fashion story? Well, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, another is the fact that why has Venice become the new sort of fashion show location? Are you talking about D and G? D and G. It's been everywhere, hasn't it? Mm. And that J Lo, J Lo outfit was pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, t- we could see her tag. Um, <gasps> what the tag? Yeah, the label? You, you could see the, a, a label, I guess, because it's borrowed from D and G type of a thing. You could see like the label. Whether it was a like, was it like a swing was, tag? <laughs> I can't remember now. And um, but yeah, I mean, was, surely if a brand like that, yeah, if a brand is like that is lending such a high profile celebrity an outfit they're gonna say please take off the tags because we know what we lent you yeah yeah <laughs> um, it's just obviously like a faux pas from her stylist or yeah. something like that um but yeah I just kind of I think it was in the rain one of the shows mainly because all we see is Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker I love them going around everywhere but I love um, them. Yeah, but together. She's, not, she's not fashion. She wore an she's outfit the other day. Book. I'll post it on our Instagram. It made me like want to vomit. I was actually, I actually screenshot it to send it to you and just never did. Um, and yeah, I just, she's not, she's not fashion. I mean, none of them are. Um, but yeah, just Venice seems to be like the new, mm. I don't know if Venice is safer at the moment, if it's something like that. Um, I guess maybe there's more outdoor locations. Yeah. I don't know what it could be, but it's a nice change regardless from Milan. Yeah. And, I mean, I did see, um, I feel like everyone and their cat was invited to this event. Um, there were mm. so many like celebs, weren't there? And even yeah. like celebs, I, I didn't know they got invited to yeah. things like that. Um, but I just can't get past my dislike for Dolce and Gabbana as a brand I really do struggle with it I was like I liked a few pictures and I was like I'm liking them because the celebrity looks good and not because I really like D&G um yeah I just think they're um the guys there are, are weird and not particularly nice but um yeah everyone was there and and there were some like really dramatic looks mm. from the guests and it was definitely like fantastical and yeah, yeah it was very sort of like regal baroque yeah like very fancy like you said almost like they're dressing up in a world where yeah we dress differently type of mm. thing was it um jennifer hudson or jasmine sullivan someone either one of those two women sang this um opera song outside yeah it was it was a really beautiful performance um reason I can't remember who it was is because like the video that I saw of the performance was quite a distance away so I couldn't see their face um but I was like wow Mm. this is actually beautiful very much in the way in like the sense of grandeur that Valentino had when we spoke about them a few weeks ago so yeah yeah I I appreciate sort of the effort I do sort of roll my eyes at a fashion show now being like a three-day event or something like that I don't think that's needed I think it's a little overkill um like that there's almost like the night before maybe like the dinner before 
the show, going out afterwards, and then there's like a brunch or something like. Yeah. We don't need that. We don't need that. Um, but I suppose they've got to now more than ever. If you're going to have like fly like 200 people over true. to your event, and a lot of them were going to have to quarantine or you know do this, that, and the other just to get there. Um, I, I guess as the the people who are putting on the show, you've got to accommodate people more, keep them busy, keep that yeah. buzz alive, and like justify for that amount of travel. You know, when we've yeah. only got like what 15 years left on this planet Earth. <laughs> Not to be dramatic. Joyous. But you know. Yeah. Mm. What is, yeah. what's one of your fashion stories? Fashion story. Okay. So um following on from pretty little thing, sort of, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, our best friends over at <gasps> Boohoo. Yeah. So the CEO believe he's a CEO yeah he's definitely top dog over there his name is John Little and he has been saying in an interview that Boohoo is is not just a throwaway fashion brand and that we're actually trying to become more sustainable and these goals or these targets were actually thrown out in the interview that I read um his aim is that 40 percent of their collections by next spring summer will be sustainable 40 percent what does he mean by sustainable okay so there was an mp um a uk mp who said yeah 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 this smells like greenwashing essentially there's so many brands out there you know that claim to um have like at the very least like a diffusion line which is like 100% 100% organic cotton or made from recycled bottles and this mm. and the other and we have this um recycling program if you bring your old clothes and we recycle it and all this stuff and really it, it amounts for such a small percentage of their overall turnover or overall sales that it's just a way to like market themselves as being doing something and being um sustainable but I don't I don't see this happening for Boohoo and it's not because we're so like we shit on them all the time but most the customer isn't shopping there because they care about sustainability either you know I know but this is another thing this was another quote he actually said and it was like this is not verbatim but it was essentially um our customers shop with us um for like the the styling you know, like what they have to offer from a from a creative standpoint. And I thought to myself, no, people shop with you because of the price. Yeah. Because um, it, it is throwaway prices. Yeah. If yeah. I'm going to buy a whole new wardrobe for like a festival and not care if I lose an item of clothing, like that's the kind of website I turn to. If I want a whole like to reinvent myself for a holiday that like I'm gonna take all my Instagram photos for. That's where I'm gonna like mm-hmm. buy it from because I don't need to want to be seen on that again. Mm-hmm. I'm not this mm-hmm. person, but like that's what it's there for. But yeah. they've also just pumped loads of money into. I'm assuming Jack Grealish, poster boy of the Euros, mm-hmm. is now their like one of them. Like Boohoo man, yeah. He's a Boohoo and man. his girlfriend is Boohoo lady. Oh wow! This is the thing we've said it before. They're very good at advertising. I feel like their partnerships they do on point. The campaigns they do really make you feel like you're in the mood for a holiday. They do that yeah. so well. Um, but I, I don't buy any of this. Our data shows that people buy into our brand because you know it's not a throwaway brand. They actually like our designs and that. We're going to hit 40. I don't bite into any of it. Mm. I mean, more, um, uh, let's say, less throwaway brands out there don't even do 40% sustainability. So unless they have this complete overhaul of their entire supply chain and like their labor force, because we know last year there's some horrendous claims came out. Unless your prices are what going to quadruple. I don't see it happening. You're, you're never going to be sustainable because you can't get away with paying not like not minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Minimum wage is more than the garments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I think also it calls into question the idea of what does sustainable mean? Because mm. sustainable can mean, okay, are we paying people a living wage for them to survive off and not yeah. have to turn to like government benefits, let's say? That's a yeah. form of sustainability. You can't run mm-hmm. a business and say you're successful. And yet everyone who works for you is not getting paid what they're due and able to live off that wage. That's not sustainable. And you can't say we're sustainable, but really most of the money that we make on our garments are the ones that are, you know, it's not going to hold up. You wear it once, you wash it once. It's not going to survive another year. That mm. is, it's both things, I think. Oh, it's, it's totally socioeconomic. It's for the people involved. It's whether the materials are sourced ethically. It's whether they're made ethically. It's whether or not like how much water or whether they're putting stuff in landfill, the mm. dying, like it's everything. This is why it's a really hard word to use. Mm-hmm. So I really do hope they've thought about it fully because if you say you're that word, that means you're meant to recycle everything. But like you're meant to try and use all of your offcuts or throw them away yeah. minimal waste. That means you're paying all your workers fairly. Like, and that doesn't just mean minimum. It means fairly. Like, it means that you're using like recycled fabrics and you're making sure that like whoever you buy them from is also paying their like the chain of it is so hard to control that's a really tough word to throw out there like yeah when we spoke to a friend of the podcast our recycled socks friend Sam she talked to us about how hard that is to make sure that every step along the way you can truly say and she did that sort of by becoming friends and getting to know everyone along the way yeah because it's very hard to know that so good luck to you Boo. Hmm. I hope I hope they do like good for them like you said I know we make fun of them but like I'm not wishing them badly so yeah yeah exactly. they can do that yeah you got any other fashion stories before I come in with my my next one no go for it so this was just an interesting little thing I thought I'd pose to you. Um, I read it on an article written by the Financial Times, and it was basically saying how the tech industry has really struggled to make headways in fashion in the way of like using AI and tech to like come out with successful designs or to come out with like helping customers choose or predict what customers would like to buy into it's that like idea of using tech to offer up product to customers or design product with the data of customers in mind they've been good at like payment processing and like shipping and all that other stuff and you know the logistics of fashion but the idea of like you know that creative element Mm tech world have tried to approach fashion in that way and it hasn't worked so far and I thought you as a designer do you see us living in a world where you know we'll go on a website and clothes will be suggested to us and like tailor-made based on our past purchases and and like what people are trending and things like that do you see that happening The only places I can imagine doing things like that would be the likes of a pretty little thing or a boohoo where they just have like, say it's 10,000 silhouettes and they just have that. Yeah. We're paying more money for a high street store to like think about how they place a pattern on something. Like you have a creative eye, like there's no tick box exercise. Otherwise we'll all be dressed pretty basically or like, we won't be able to express ourselves maybe the way we want to. Mm-hmm. One thing I could more foresee in maybe luxury fashion mm-hmm. is um, is maybe returning at some point to like a made-to-order-esque um, thing, mm. which I know still loads of people do. Like even I'm pretty sure in the beauty community, earlier and earlier in the year, um, those beauty advent calendars come out and one of the brands um, – that I sometimes shop for beauty stuff, cult beauty, 
uh, which is like a luxury beauty website, mm-hmm. have asked people to sign up for the wait list for it. And I imagine that is so they can gauge interest and yeah. know how many numbers to make. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because one of the things they're doing is also giving back to a COVID charity with the sale of it. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they're making sure that they can make obviously the best of that for the charity and blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. So, and it happens often in fashion anyway, but as a designer, we used to try and make as like lifelike uh, technical drawings or computer drawings Mm -hmm. of pieces. So often you wouldn't make every piece of a collection. And so sometimes you would have these computer aided designs in the lookbook for people to look at. So you almost would cover, make sure you've got, um, one of every fabric one of every color but mm-hmm. not to say like a purse comes in five colorways you would often make it in one or two but across the range if it comes in a yellow leather you see that yellow leather on something else if it comes in a print you see that print on something else so you know what the fabric looks like and you know yeah. what the product looks like without making a hundred pieces you then can condense it to like 30 or something which is much more economical and also better for the environment so I can foresee that becoming more of a thing as well with regular people that you just sort of have a, as lifelike an image as possible. But I also just think nothing beats seeing a physical item, especially if you're spending a lot of money on it. And that's the unfortunate thing mm. is that like, even if someone 3D printed a Chanel bag, I want to feel that leather. I want like, you know, I'm never going to buy it off of a mock-up. But I mean, the same was said 20 years ago about buying luxury fashion online. True. And actually, my mum was even saying this to me the other day that um, she w- went into sort of a beauty sector of a department store and she really enjoyed sort of some of her makeup of run out. She really enjoyed looking at new things and stuff like that and picking out some new bits. Whereas, A, I think it's because I like makeup more. Mm-hmm. but I'm happy to buy my makeup online I I know what shade I am and stuff generally mm-hmm. if also like in the least conceited way I'm good enough to make it work like if my foundation mm-hmm. is a little bit wrong I'll mix it with another color and I'll make it work mm-hmm. um towards my foundation is always too dark for my skin which is bring it down your neck ladies um <laughs> <laughs> like I wear more bronzer than there's the color of my cheeks anyway type of a thing mm. and so I think because I like playing with makeup there's less risk in that but yeah um, I mean, think Kim, best-selling perfume, and no one smelled it before buying it. Yeah, yeah. So we are now living in a world where because people will recommend something to us, mm-hmm. we go off a recommendation rather than our own opinion sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think this whole, like, AI-designed thing could work. Um, I see no reason why it wouldn't. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, will it make our fashion sense more fragmented if there are multiple iterations of the same thing with slight variations? Um, will it just mean that we're going to be dressing in a far more basic way? Um, kind of like has how we saw over the past eighteen months. It was like everyone was in like trackies and sweats and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's that brand called Pangaea, and they do like nothing but colorful loungewear. Maybe that's just like what the AI systems would be good at, like basics, suggesting mm-hmm. like good basics to everyone. Um, I don't know, but to do like a cohesive collection, like a couture collection. I just don't think that a computer can pull off that sort of thing. Mm. I think it's just going to be a bit, it's going to come out really weird. You know, when they talk about like uncanny Valley, things Mm. just come out, but not quite right. I think that's what um, fashion would end up looking like. If you can call it uncanny Valley, but yeah. But yeah, that's the end of my uh, fashion story. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod, shoot us an email, 
starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. I think sort of that sort of um, potentially fitting to an, into a mould definitely suits one area of the topics we are discussing today. So we're sort mm-hmm. of covering tattoos, plastic surgery, and just sort of like plus size and how sort of fashion trends and like unusual, I guess, fashion trends. And I, def- I definitely think when it comes to plastic surgery, what I was saying earlier about the fact that we almost do stuff out of recommendation I think mm. it's very much started to be the way that people see plastic surgery mm-hmm. is that because other people are doing it surely I should be doing that rather than I think it originally stemmed from I mean maybe not I know there were like tragic boob jobs in the 90s where people probably did a similar thing but I think a lot of it more used to come from a place of um self-esteem and lacking or having something being self-conscious if it's your nose and being like I hate my nose I want to change it whereas I now think it's my nose doesn't look like that or my like it's that kind I think that inspires people probably a little more than just a a sweeping like or a crippling confidence issue Mm, yeah I think like when we talk about tattoos and mm. surgery and like body shapes and whatnot, there is, it's definitely comes in waves and trends and things throughout sure. the years. And we've kind of talked about that previous. Um, I think you're right in a sense. I think that things like tattoos, for example, across all kinds of cultures, it was very taboo and you would only do it if you were like part of that subculture mm. or, um, you were someone who wanted to go against the norm and do something a bit like outlandish or whatever. You you would almost portray yourself as a certain type of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean that in like a... Well, in a negative a, way. Yeah. In a negative way, but it was more like you were either a bit edgier or you just, I don't know. Whereas now, anyone, like someone who's sitting in a room reading a book, a bookworm could have a tattoo yeah the punk and the punk rock dude can and the lawyer can and yeah whatever whereas back in the day it was much more of like it was either a reflection of your music taste or like your attitude to life yeah and even the trends of what tattoos you get like now at the moment it's very those fine line tattoos yeah do you remember the color of the ink back in the 90s it was that bluish color Mm those Chinese symbols were a role oh, yeah you had to have an arm an armband an armband yeah got to have a bit of a yin and yang out sporty spice <laughs> <laughs> definitely and I think that um so yeah so trends like used to say something more mm. about you inherently as a person for good or bad reasons yeah to know um I think that when it came to body modification it was like you either as you said you had this really bad insecurity or you saw celebrities with this thing and if you were lucky enough to have the money to go under the knife and get it then you really had to go out of your way mm. to to get something as big a deal as plastic surgery and it would have been quite a taboo thing yeah you would never recover from yeah you wouldn't admit admit to you wouldn't sort of be like yeah definitely and the same thing with um like bodies as well and I mean like bodies in sense of like the shape of your body like Mm. sizing and things like trying to conform to like a, a body shape and things like that um yeah for the most part people recognize that you know I don't I'm not built like that mm-hmm. so let's move on I'll forget yeah. about that now people with access to in the gym trying like you know how many times do I see that if you want your arms to be smaller do this exercise if you want yeah. like you know if you want your shoulders to look smaller if you want your hips to look wider and it's like ultimately mm-hmm. your body shape is your body shape unless you're really into bodybuilding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but still 
you we've all seen men who lift weights and still have no calf muscles you know <laughs> yeah like you can't necessarily like your body shape is also your body shape because I remember when I started yeah. CrossFit I asked if I would get hench and they just looked at me and said no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not your body type so it, no you're it not. takes an incredible amount of work to change your body shape you have to dedicate yourself to yeah. it and no one has time for that. Yeah, no one does. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think what's really interesting about what we see now is that accessibility to surgery and body modification that we didn't grow up with, our parents didn't grow up with. And I don't know, I often think to myself, it's not a judgment on um, those who have surgeries, but a surgery is surgery. It's still a big deal. Whether it's you're going so in for health. If you're, if you're going issues, under an, like local anaesthetic, yeah. local general. General, whatever, general. Yeah. Um, that's, you're going under. That's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal. And especially for something like that is to modify your appearance. I mean, like remember when Heidi from the Hills got like all those treatments. <gasps> in one, yeah. And she could probably could have died and like, that was dangerous and mm-hmm. it's because really she had an addiction mm-hmm. and that's crazy she put her body through so much just for like and she was a gorgeous girl before mm-hmm. like it wasn't like she needed it not that if you're ugly you need it either mm-hmm. but like it just must have come from some really like des- like I almost wonder and this is going to sound really pious but like should you almost be like given some form of counselling or like a bit yeah. like that. are you doing this for the right reason 100% or mm-hmm. do you have a surgery addiction here mm-hmm. like and I know it's an industry to make profit but the reality is like I think I said on here like a few months ago like I was just going through Instagram every day and just seeing girls with like lip injections and thinking do I need that mm. if somebody questioned me on that if that's my reasoning, they'd be like, absolutely don't do that. Like, you know, <laughs> you're not doing this for the right reasons. I'm going to turn you away. Yeah, I think that um, doctors do have a duty of care to be like, no, you've done too much. I can't mm. add to it because A, it's dangerous for you. And B, you're going to come out and not like the results that I give to you anyway. Mm. But I think that with like this idea of getting plastic surgery for the reasons of like, oh, everyone's getting it maybe I need it it really calls into question the idea of like body trends and I think that's really interesting like when we talk about yeah when we talk about fashion and buying clothes buying clothes is one thing Mm. no you can (laughs) shout out to boohoo I can buy something and I can can throw it away or I can sell it on if it's not for me if I'm not feeling it if it doesn't fit me it doesn't work out it's not permanent even to Um, your bank balance because you can sell it on yeah exactly or you're just it's not so much of a a loss 15 quid down on a boohoo dress you know exactly and it's like I find the idea of trends but like aesthetic trends interesting because it is permanent and like even even when we think about when we consider what the environment that we grow up in I don't know anyone who had like a lip lift or a blethroplasty or uh maybe so yeah only people with like nose jobs those are quite common and like breast augmentations and stuff but even things like filler. lip fillers, um, cheek filler, cheek filler, chin implants, cheek, cheek yeah, implants. trying to change the structure of your face with implants. Yeah, like. liposuction to the face or to the body to mm. that extent. Um, getting BBLs to get like that hourglass shape. Um, there's so so many like minute procedures like thread lifts <gasps> have you seen those those scare me so much um like there's so many little surgeries now that- or even treatments yeah that- how many like you know those um oh, what those water retention like massages you know all those things but like lymphatic like a- drainage and like i'm oh. sure that is legit but like the way you're advertising it is that you walk in a size 10 and you come out a size six, like, you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. The question is um, to you that I have is like, mm. what, what are your thoughts on all these like 
surgeries, body modifications that we're seeing today? And when they, when and if do you think they will come out of fashion? And will we start seeing a more natural, uh, a desire to look more natural? Or do you think some of these bodies will start to look dated? As, As we can have like clothes from the 90s look dated today, bodies in that image of today in 20 years time will look dated. For sure. I think even I, you often see, I think the general consensus for young makeup is not much. Like there's either the people who also get really dressed up, but I haven't seen that as much anymore. Like I think Kylie Jenner was probably that generation of like learning to do their makeup so well. But I think we're now sort of in an era where like people are, because a lot of trends for young people are like, quite bohemian styles it's either that laid back 90s that grunge look mm-hmm. like the fashion doesn't doesn't take big makeup well you like know? the like, emma chamberlains of the world where they're very like minimal. yeah and like you know it's baggy jeans it's a baggy jumper it's like oversized it's 70s flares and stuff like that it's clothes that don't really suit a lot of makeup and it's sort of that low maintenance look and so I think even with just the rise of that I think that is a more natural way of being and and hopefully we're sort of eradicating a little bit because I think Love Island will be on its way out soon whether it has like a few years left or not but I think we are sort of starting to see through that side of things. I mean, it's it was still that a lot of fake lips and stuff like that. But I mean, I guess Millie, the reflection is the person who won was the most natural looking person. You know? But was was her looks anything to do with why they won? Probably not. Mm. But like and you, that people have to like you as well to to vote for you mm-hmm. and so I'm sort of hoping we're somewhat eradicating that like reality star look that I think really started this mm-hmm. body image like crisis and mm-hmm. um, where you literally see their looks change I mean I watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills I don't know if anyone watches that if you have um one lady her face changes every season She's had more Botox. She's had another nose job. She's like, you know, she's yeah. had more tightening. And she looked great. But like her face changes every season. So what message does that send to me about aging mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff like that? So I'm hoping that we are going to wash that out at some point and we will look back and there'll be all the people who've damaged their faces somewhat. And you'll be able to tell. Because you can definitely tell certain like that Pamela Anderson look of like the bit, those big engorged boobs, like that's a moment back in the nineties and that mm. kind of a thing. And there are certain nose jobs that probably will be true to now. Mm-hmm. And a certain look like that pinched nose is sort of very nineties or like back yeah. then. People aren't getting pinched noses anymore. No, it's probably more like the little like slow or whatever yeah. it is. Because think of every filter as well. So I have a naturally quite a slim nose. If I put a filter on it, my nose somewhat disappears. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so if everyone puts a filter on and like that clearly tells you what they're trying to make the image of beauty of mm. is like a pinched, um, like a narrow, like slope nose or something. Mm. What do you think? Do you think it's sort of something that's here to stay? I do. Ooh. I think that um, very black mirror. Mm-hmm. I think younger people today are so much more clued up about makeup, as you said, so much mm. more clued up about aesthetics. When I was when I was a teenager, when we were teenagers, you know, a surgeon would never have been an option. It would have never been an option. As many insecurities as I may have had about how I looked at the time, I just had to like accept. Yeah, ride it. That <laughs> you know what, I hate 
X, Y, and Z about my face or my body or whatever, but there's nothing I can do about it. And you have to like, as you said, ride the wave and just like Mm. learn how to accept yourself. And then you come out the other end, you're like, no, I'm so glad I didn't have the money, the means, the access to actually like get any surgery because I might be looking crazy right now. But when you grow up in this day and age where surgery is becoming easy to obtain, obtain, um, I think parents now are probably more open to the idea of buying plastic surgery for their kids at a younger age. I see no reason why more and more in the future, we won't see younger, let's say for example, girls, when they get to the age of 18, they're going to have a very natural looking nose job Mm -hmm. where it's not a massive difference, but it's going to completely change or alter that person's face. And because they're still so young, they're going to, they're going to like live the rest of their lives with that nose as the only nose we know them to have. Mm. Does that make sense? It's like in, it's like in Hollywood, a lot of these young actors and actresses get like their noses done really early on in the Mm. career. Cause then you can't see, you can't find pictures of them like as a big Hollywood star and be like, oh, there was the clear, that was the year that they had their nose done or look, yeah. they've always had those features. They've always looked the same and really they didn't. I think that we're going to see like really cleverly done um, surgeries and stuff so that, yeah, I don't wear makeup. Look, I'm natural. Like you can't see, like I'm not like fully glammed, but secretly like they've had a brow lift. They've had lip filler they've had all this stuff done to make them look like their faces and their bodies naturally occurred like that Mm -hmm. um I think that when it comes to like BBLs has come into the topic of discussion like a lot recently because I think a lot of people saw you know lockdowns ending and they were like right this is the perfect time you know when we're still wearing masks I can get my facelift I can get my lips done I can Mm. get and I'm gonna wear a mask over it anyway so no one's gonna suspect I've had work done or I'm gonna be in the house for months anyway so I can get like lipo done and not have to go into the office and so BBLs have become quite popular in the past few months while people are still at home able to like recover and hide from the world um and I think not only is that like many doctors and, and surgeons have said that it's the most dangerous procedure you can have, sure. but when you do get these really big hips and big bums and like liposuction on every square inch of your body, I think very soon, I give it like five, 10 years, no one's going to want that body look anymore. No, because also like it's just it's the time of the fashions. Like if you look over the decades and the different body types that were popular, it changes every every ten years. Yeah, you know, like the decades. I'm sure it changed even more than that, but like it evolves and it changes and stuff like that. And I just think it's a lot. I it's one thing to correct like your nose if you think you've broken it or you really insecure you got bullied about it or something mm-hmm. like that that's one thing or you've always wanted boobs and you don't have them that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and understand more maybe it's because that was more common when we were younger yeah yeah yeah. I was I was when you were saying that I was thinking about like what happened to just getting your ears pinned back yeah <laughs> but like it's another thing to change your body type because like you said that's such a like you know there might be a point where totally flat chested and a boyish figure comes back into style yeah and then you're stuck with this kardashian hourglass that is not cool anymore Mm. and like what a shame i think you've got to really just think about the reasons you get stuff done it's like you know the big thing often with when people do get tattoos and that kind of a thing is like as long as you can live with it Mm-hmm. get it done and I think that's and there's probably becoming more fashionable pieces but because I think they're looked upon now with less disdain 
And maybe that's what plastic surgery will be in like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely a vibe of somebody like tattooed. I still reckon if I bought a really heavily tattooed man back to my parents. Oh yeah, they'd they'd, be looking at him sideways. Yeah, because it's, (laughs) it's, it's a thing, but I wouldn't mind betting that like, you know, we now look at it's it doesn't necessarily mean they're rough and tough it doesn't mm. necessarily mean anything we give they, like people who are heavily tattooed more of a chance now isn't we it? give them more of a chance so i wonder if in some time we will give more of a chance to plastic surgery and just see it as an enhancement like tattooing and things mm. like that Mm-hmm. However, I will say tattooing and stuff like that is more of a portrayal often of art. It's a way of expressing yourself that only really affects you. And mm-hmm. um, whereas I think plastic surgery is, you know, a risk to your health. And so that affects the people who love you. Mm. I think also there's just so much. Um, it sounds like we really anti-surgery, but not. But I think no. If from you told like, me tomorrow that you were getting something done, I'd be like, good for you. Yeah, I think it's just the idea of like buying into a trend, which can be dangerous. I think also because there's so much um, upkeep of surgery, lots of times you have to go back for revisions. Um, if you're just, only last ten years, yeah, um, or like veneers. Veneers mm. is a big they fall one. Off. Out. Yeah, yeah, and you have to get them redone. Your teeth can get infected underneath them, underneath the caps. Um, yeah, they're they are so high maintenance that you have to a have the money, the energy, and the good health to mm. withstand all of that. Um, I want to ask you a question. Okay, another one. So let's imagine you're fifteen what were the things you would have had done if you were like allowed to get whatever surgery or body modification or tattoos or whatever once you turn 18 no expenses spared your parents were a-okay with it all I don't know I didn't really last after changing one thing necessarily yeah because Scarlett was good looking at school guys no (laughs) you were Um, I maybe would have I was really big on wanting to grow boobs when I was younger My, oh, they, wow. came in, they came in quite late <laughs> so I, they probably would have it probably would have been that but then I wouldn't have needed it guys I was a late bloomer <laughs> um, I, yeah I, I don't really know because um, also I'm, I'm freckly and I sort of feel like and I know this probably isn't the case but I feel like if I had like a nose job or something, I feel like my freckles wouldn't be like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it'd be like different skin, even though it probably wouldn't be. They don't put on someone else's skin I, on your nose or something. I know, but because you don't see many people with plastic surgery who are freckly, there aren't many examples for me to look at of what it does to your skin. Do you think that like your freckles would get stretched out? or something in places yeah I don't know. and also I think the difficulty is that freckles often are a sign of like natural beauty you don't see many well maybe mm. it's because people cake over their freckles um but p- you often see people wearing their freckles and they're quite natural people and um, maybe that's how you cover up good plastic surgery it's like guys I'm just an oh natural kind of girl <laughs> um but yeah I don't know maybe you know what I always wanted braces so potentially teeth and um, even though I, I don't think I need braces yeah I, you don't I think teeth maybe um how about you oh god if I were 15 now I would have said um I would have said I wanted a nose job even though they maybe. even yeah I would have said of course I would have said that um even though I, I think nose jobs are, is no it's not that great but you I don't do. care no but like you get older and you don't care yeah. about these things so much um even my though those jobs are very scary being older is like this is just my face yeah yeah exactly exactly um i yeah i would have definitely gone for that i think maybe would you some, have got tattoos maybe some like face lipo <laughs> those um, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd still take that if someone's offering um, no 
so tattoos no actually I wouldn't I think as I've gotten older I think I like tattoos more I think yeah I think I was aware enough at least when I was younger to know that I wouldn't know what I would want to put on my body for life yeah um so I'm glad I never got one of those like weird mustache tattoos you know there was yeah, like a period yeah. of, or like Your finger. <laughs> yeah or like when um youtubers especially in like the beauty community started like tattooing eyelashes on their arms which was weird also mm. um yeah uh, yeah, I also I think with tattoos, you're right. I, when I was younger, I very much could feel the permanence of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I also I think because the trend is for them to be thin. Your um, eyebrows? Is that what you're thinking? No. T- so I say eyebrows. No. What no you tattoos, tattoos. Oh, I see. Okay. I think because the trend is for them to be thin, mm-hmm. I think they're more delicate and easier to sort of hide. And I think. I also I think because the, I have that sort of acceptance now of like this is my body this is mm-hmm. my face like I look how I look I think mm-hmm. I would just accept whatever I put on it mm-hmm. in that way yeah and um, I and also when it comes to surgery the idea of my reflection changing after all this time really freaks me out <gasps> yes that's such a I've good got point. used to this one you know who are like, you like yeah I don't want to be like who's she <laughs> yeah I, I completely get what you mean. That's a really kind of deeper philosophical like question. Am I that person like, reflecting mm. back at me? Um, I do. <laughs> um, I do have um, the UK's top most popular okay, plastic surgery that. and then on, like a, on a global scale as well. Okay. So women, this won't surprise us, mm-hmm. but this data is from 2018. So we have breast enlargement surprise surprise yep we have breast reduction we have blethroplasty which if you don't know is like um removing the excess skin from your eyelids i think it might be older ladies yeah underneath eye bit Mm. um but that's a really popular i think it's i think it's just the top one sagging eyes yeah yeah for hooded eyelids and things um abdominoplasty which is a tummy tuck in the UK, I can, yeah, man. If you get a cesarean, I hear that they're, sometimes yeah, they, can, they can. They're a, a cesarean, two, a two one. for one, yeah. And <laughs> liposuction. <Lunchtime> deal. <laughs> for men, it's a rhinoplasty. Mm-hmm. Um, an otoplasty, which is to do with your ears. I think that's the ear pinning back. Yeah. Um, blethroplasty as well, sagging eyelids, breast reduction. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a lot of men. If you lose yeah, weight, you've you got your moves, can't, man. Excess you can't skin. Shift them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And liposuction. So yeah. It's it centers a lot around um weight mm. loss in particular, I think. Um as for the global results, so the top 10 most popular types of plastic surgery around the world is breast augmentation as mentioned before in the UK, rhinoplasty, so a nose job, mm-hmm. eyelid surgery, as we said, blethroplasty, liposuction, okay, tummy tuck, okay, facelifts. Now, that's scary. I'm surprised that facelifts didn't feature in the UK. Top mm. 10. I think they're expensive. Yeah, yeah. And like, you have to be really specialist, I feel. Mm. A breast lift and i've had that for sure when i'm old <laughs> the hanging low <laughs> i think i would do a half facelift i think when i like if i were older i think that's the thing i would go for um i definitely do something to like a brow my, lift like a little but i would do it with um injections i wouldn't do it with knives oh i see i oh. that baby botox is what yeah. i would do and then the last one is dermabrasion it's not it's not a it's not a surgery as such but like a skin rebuffing procedure so it, i was about to say it all sounds really superficial but i guess it's, it's all <laughs> it really, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> i'm not i'm i'm actually surprised that it's not nose jobs aren't the most popular so that was it our episode on surgeries tattoos 
body changes, if it's a trend or a fad and what we would do ourselves if, you know. If you guys have had surgery let us, and you're happy to share, let mm. us know what and like, why and would, would you do it again and stuff like that? Are you happy with it? No regrets. Or, or what you want done. <laughs> what you want done. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic. It's so personal. It's um, so personal. And trust me, there is no judgment here. Um, like I know people who've had surgery done and they look great for it and mm-hmm. like totally support that. I just think I'd be freaked out about a difference in my appearance. I think because I've got to a point of acceptance. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Quick last little point. I think for me, it's not what you get done it's the age at which you get it for me like you have to get over hating the way you look Mm. before you're in any mindset yeah before you start getting things done because then you realize half the stuff that you wanted is just doesn't it doesn't add anything to your life girlies doesn't change doesn't change it yeah well thanks again guys um we're gonna put out a little poll question thing Mm-hmm. as to what you said um what have any of you guys had do you regret it would you do it all over again how were the results i want to know again nosy um thanks again for listening. <laughs> yeah, no nosy yeah um, um i was gonna say it's a bit cheeky but then hey! I <laughs> um okay see you next week guys thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>